What up, bros? What up, bros? And welcome to Bruh Meets World. But it's Bruh Meets World. Your boy meets world fun cast. I'm Siege. And I am Tony Chris. How are you, sir? Uh, we have another extra credit summer series episode. This week, we are talking about Munchie Strikes Back, the 1994, well, I'm not going to say pod classic. <laughs> Holy shit, bruh. Holy shit. This movie. What did took, we just watch? <laughs> it took my breath away. How <laughs> the level of awfulness of this movie, I know we're going to dissect it, but really? I just have- the, Really? I, no, it's like, so- I like to think of myself as a bad movie aficionado. I love mm-hmm. them. And I mm-hmm. have created us a, a, a rating tool, which I like to call the Tommy Wiseau circle clock. Okay. Tommy Wiseau is the star of the movie, The Room, which is famously the worst movie of all time. And what he was able to do was to take a movie so bad that as the wheel goes around the clock, it goes from bad. Oh, this is awful. This is the worst thing. Oh, this is actually kind of amazing how bad it is. Oh, this is actually the best thing I've ever seen. It does a full turn, right? <laughs> Many bad movies don't do that. You'll watch like, Electra or Daredevil, and you're just like, oh, this is just boring and bad. But if you Munchie strikes back, does the full turn. Full turn. Full turn. You're watching it and you are pinching, you're like, wait, what is this? I'm so confused. This is not good for children. And then at some point, <laughs> you're just like, this is actually so bad it's brilliant. And this movie checks that box for me. That's how it, that's what I was gonna say. I'm not gonna lie to you. A hundred percent I am being honest with you when I say I actually don't think that this is a bad script i feel like i feel like it is a bad movie and badly directed but i saw the script and i was like i see i see a world in which this script actually makes sense in fact i i got like they mentioned it on the pod i got um blank check vibes like if you take the director of blank check and have him do this movie it's a disney classic if you take um, like any of those Disney directors, honestly, and you get them a better puppet, I feel like this movie could work. I feel like I, I respect your decision. I disagree. <laughs> really? I can't think of any creature that's responsible for Chernobyl being <laughs> left to watch a child unsupervised? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> you're, you're right. Early on in the movie, early on in the movie, there is a scene. Okay, so we got we got to talk. I don't even know. I'll okay. let you do it. But like, okay. so I will say this, you guys, if you want to listen to this, listen to the pod episode where they go into like a detail scene by scene. We're gonna do the best that we can to kind of like hit on topics. But you guys know us; we're chaotic. And I gotta say, this movie itself is just hard to navigate. So 100%. come on this journey with us as we try to go through. See, I will let you lead us oh off God. because there's so much to talk about. Keep going. Thank you. Thank you, bro. Okay. So this movie opens up so abruptly. I had to rewind because I was like, did I miss something? The movie I agree. just starts. It just, but no, it's like, wait, wait, like, that is an understatement. To say that it just starts kind of be like, oh yeah, like movies start all the time. No, no, no. You start in medias risk of a party that is happening, and you are like, did I miss a scene? Like, we're in the middle of chaos. Yeah, we're in the middle <laughs> of a third act of a different movie. And I you know, I have to say, I, ne- I don't know shit about the original Munchie movie. That I didn't know this was this. a trilogy. 
I don't know what connection this even has to that film because they said Jennifer Love Hewitt was a, did not see her in that opening scene. So I'm assuming this is just another chaotic adventure of Munchie. And it is, it's really jarring to jump into this film. So guys, just the first two minutes, I, I texted Siege. I was like, I've pushed pause eight times in the first two minutes to write notes. It's just chaotic. Um, this movie sh shot in 1994, but the opening scene looks like Fast Times at Richmond High. Like, it looks like it's the 80s. I love that you said that. I was like, early 90s. Remember, there's like, there's this thing where like the 90s didn't really start to like 95. And yeah. like everything before that still feels like the 80s. And to me, I was like, the 80s hated high school. I have no idea what happened to those writers in uh high school in the setting <laughs> but like they they hated high school and like we open up with a scene where munchie is telling this kid who we've never met we have no idea who he is or why no. munchie is talking to him we don't know who munchie is there's no background there's thank no you we're introduced <laughs> to munchie without anyone telling us what the fuck a munchie is what's it per its purpose we don't know he's just there a gremlin creature is just there I was like, it's like a Chuck E. Cheese demon. Yeah, yeah. What I that's world are we living in? And then as it kept going on, I was like, oh, it is a, it's like a chaos demon. And like, it's an agent of chaos, a hundred percent. At one point, he's telling, he's like, um, he's like, hey guys, fuck school, right? And they're like, yeah, fuck school. And everyone's cheering, right, at this giant like outdoor riot rally at the school. This motherfucker introduces explosives. We are minute. Three, he introduces explosives to the block and tells this kid, yeah, you should go ahead and blow that up, right? They blow up a school. like the They joke. blow up the administration's building with the permanent records. All of a sudden, we're in Fight Club. We're in the third scene of Fight Club for no real reason. It's <laughs> no wild. It's, and it's again, I was like, this is utter chaos. What is going on? And that's just like how we start. That's like the opening scene. But I will say, we're getting some one-liners. Like right like in the beginning, this like you don't think that this was funny? Like no, I thought they wanted Munchie to be Alf so bad. They wanted Munchie to be this like classic, just one-liner, like almost Andrew Dice Clay type of like, oh, I'm gonna have this one. All of his jokes were not funny to me. I'm what? sorry. I am I am blown away. I am blown away because I swore <laughs> you would love this movie because I was getting Robin Williams and Aladdin vibes. Oh, you are being far too complimentary. No, 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 no. I didn't say it was as good. Do not put words in my mouth. I said that that's the vibe they were going to. The yeah. references to older um, comedians and pop culture references that clearly were going to go over kids' heads, oh, the man. different voices, like the um, political satire, all of the social commentary. The Reaganism the, throughout the, Reagan the film, randomly. No, 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 no. No, it's actually what's funny is this movie is very anti-Reagan, <laughs> and I love it for it. Like, this movie <laughs> has so many jokes about, like, trickle-down economics, um, oh it is like it's just, it's it's the high school we start at Ronald Reagan High School is where this movie starts. Yes, yeah, which is why it's chaotic. <laughs> this, this movie is so uh, anti Reagan, and it shows on every page that I wish it was written better because yeah. I'm like, this movie, you are saying something. This is a lesson that kids in the '90s needed to hear, and yet they can't because 
what is this demon creature? Who, by the way, I just wanted to point out, all I could get, I, I, I knew nothing about this movie going in. And for some reason, I kept picturing the mascot from Honeycombs from the 2000. Do you oh, remember? that's Crazy interesting. I, I literally, I know exactly what you're talking about. And I was literally trying to place Munch. I was, what is a Munchie? Like, is it a troll? Is it a, I, I was like, you look like a mud colored leprechaun. Like, <laughs> yes. Is yes. happening? Who, what is your power set? What are your rules? Are you? Does God exist? Are you God? Like, can we jump into the heaven scene? Yeah. Okay. 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 So, uh, a little bit of a explanation. They blow up the administration building. Oh, um, cheers of children. Cheers of children. And because of that, heaven is like, Monty, you've gone too far. Well, he goes. He goes. All right. Cool. Let's blow up the DMV next. And then immediately a lightning bolt strikes, and he goes, uh oh, and just vanishes, leaving the kids to pick up that mess all on their own. Who knows what happened to that child? And that's <laughs> that's what I kept thinking about this movie. I was just like, so you just leave them with their consequences, and you're just gone. Okay, yeah, we got to talk about that because we get to heaven, and I'm like, first of all, is this heaven? I I don't know. Fucking Elvis, Marilyn Monroe, Abe Lincoln, and motherfucking Colonel Sanders is waiting for him when he gets to heaven. What is this? Why are there no black? That people is the there? tribunal. <laughs> <laughs> it really is, though. Yeah, it really is. And so they're like, they're like, oh, Munchie, you have to do better. But like, is he a, an angel? What? That's what I'm saying. Like, like it's so hard. I, I can't. I'm like, I'm trying to convey to listeners, if you haven't seen it, what you would be watching. But it's just like a a troll creature who apparently has some is connected with heaven in some way. Maybe he's a freelancer. I don't know. Um, but he. <laughs> But why is he connected with heaven? They go on to say he is responsible for the sinking of Atlantis, the Hindenburg, and Chernobyl. Again, I was going to say he is an agent of chaos to me. Like that's his thing. He's and a by trickster the way, god. It's, it's all yeah. He's a trickster god. But it's all all the things that the that they list. It's all parties. <laughs> yeah, like he just he's partied just so party hard that the whole island of Atlantis went under for it. Exactly. Exactly. Oh my god. And that's the what's interesting. Again, I don't know anything about this movie because they don't introduce Munchie at all. So we don't know if parties are literally like his kryptonite. Like if if he no, we find out potatoes are his kryptonite. <laughs> yeah, but I'm just saying, like we we don't know that. Like when they were like, "Hey, in heaven," when the angels just like no, um, no parties, and he's like, "Okay," it's like. Does that mean something? Like, will we get a party? Because I was kind of expecting a party. Maybe we need to watch the first Munchie to find out the history of Munchie with parties. I got to say, I'm very interested in pursuing the trilogy after watching this. (laughs) Munchie's design. Can we just pause? He's not really a puppet. Like, his lips don't sync with the dialogue and to make you think there's a hand in the mouth. It's animatronic. Yeah, it's like like some kind of, like, a demon badger that they put like bubble gum in its mouth and the mouth is just like trying to chew and it can't he doesn't blink is it a toy like <laughs> it, it, I, I don't know i don't know um but instead of banishing this uh agent of chaos they're like hey we're actually going to put you responsible <laughs> we're going to put you in charge of a young child's life um based off of your resume we think this is the best fit for you yep. question so he he got a request that's why he goes down there. That's really important to the movie. Uh, and they assign him to this kid. And then what's funny about this is then the movie changes perspectives 
And we get a whole, like, what, 20 minutes, 20, 25 minutes of, like, the other characters in this movie and no Munchie. And it's just like, wait, what are, like... Again, you could have like given me a little bit more heads. I don't know. It's it's chaotic. Well, the most startling <laughs> thing is that we go from the scene uh, where this like chupacabras in heaven or whatever, we switch <laughs> it down to a woman who is getting actively sexually harassed in her office in her workplace to the point where her boss is like, "You need to come to Mexico with me and you know get it on or you're out." And I need y'all to understand. This isn't like a thing that is said and then we are made to understand, like it's implied. He is directly climbing on top of this woman. There's no subtlety whatsoever. (laughs) In her office, in his office. And he says, what he says, which I thought was hilarious, is like, you'll enjoy the beaches in Mexico City. Now, as someone who loves going to Mexico City, there are no beaches. It's it's (laughs) located in the center of the country. (laughs) I was like, this whoever wrote this has clearly never been to Mexico. And it's it's like it's that thing that America does where they're like, oh, you know, Mexico, the place that's just one big beach. <laughs> well, it led me to believe that this gentleman had no intention on bringing her back from this country. <laughs> oh my God. I don't even know what you're yeah, yeah. Well, well, because later on in the movie, he buys a poisonous dagger for his wife. I, I we'll get there, but <laughs> Jesus Christ. The guy we're talking about, by the way, is Shelby. He yeah. is the coked out boss slash baseball team coach who yes. comes into play later in the movie. I just want to say him by name because he plays a very big one. He's the main central antagonist. To me, he is cartoonishly evil. Like, there is no subtlety in his acting, and it felt like snidely whiplash. You know what I mean? Sure, yeah, like overly, like mustache twirling. Yeah, almost mustache twirling. And that's the thing, it's like this movie is is interesting because it's there are moments where it's like, okay, so you are playing two kids, but you're also playing so big to kids that you didn't have to. Like, again, we have really good movies that came out at this time that were made for kids, and none of them are this cartoon it's it's i i would argue that this is this movie was not made for children <laughs> i wrote several times who is this for um at what I, to me it's so funny because you like saw him as like this evil cartoon i just saw him as coked out of his mind throughout the entire movie and as the movie goes on the okay. cocaine seems to get more and more intense specifically I, at the baseball game i never thought of the cocaine once but that was because it was just ridiculous to me but when i add the cocaine to the rest of his behavior i i can understand yeah everything that you're saying makes sense watching any movie between 1980 and 1995 if you don't add cocaine to the equation bro you're missing out on like half the story (laughs) Uh, okay Okay, so yeah so we get to this baseball game we're introduced to the main character chris um again like so like wait, wait, wait before that happens before that happens we have to acknowledge this so the mom basically gets propositioned. Linda, yeah, she gets positioned. Linda gets propositioned. And something that they said on the pod, which I noticed and I laughed, is that uh, the actress who plays, uh, I have this all down, the actress who plays Linda, Leslie Ann Down. Uh, first of all, she has an accent that she's constantly trying to suppress. And it keeps I coming like, out randomly throughout the movie. It keeps coming out. And I was like, why does she have an accent but, accent, but Chris doesn't? But I was like, you know, that happens all the time. It's whatever. But they point out in the pod that she delivers every line 
so breathly. <laughs> like everything is just. <laughs> Thank you for pointing that out. Because I saw this movie and I was like, this mom is in a completely different movie. She is. This mom thinks that she is in a lifetime drama. She has no idea. She is not playing this movie like there is this little like gargoyle running around granting wishes. Like that's not coming into her performance at all. She's playing it so serious. And I just like hats off to her, but it just feels like a different movie. So she gets propositioned by her boss and he's like, hey, come with me to Mexico. Uh, It's a work trip, but we ain't getting any work done. And she's like, thanks, no thanks. Mm -hmm. And she's like, you know, that'll probably affect my career, but my answer is no. She goes out into the office and shortly later um we meet her co-worker Fran who <laughs> I needed to talk about because Fran is giving it her all 100%. this woman got a script chose a character and she was just like to the nines that's what I'm going with like she knew the background of her character there's no small <laughs> small parts only small people there are no small roles and she lives that truth hundred percent. What I, what I love about her is that they get the news that they're fired. She seems borderline thrilled about this. She doesn't seem to have any empathy well, towards this woman. She said, "Well, what she says is she kind of implies that uh, Shelby has been harassing all of them because she says something like, oh, been there.'" And then they yeah. both get the pink slip, meaning, like to me, implying that he came on to both of them. They both said no, and then he gave them a pink slip. Which, by the way. I don't know, like, it's been years since you and I have had to deal with, like, I don't, have you ever had a pink slip? Have you ever actually gotten a pink slip? No, not at all. I thought it was hilarious because I was just like, oh, they're like literal, like, pink pieces of paper. (laughs) It comes from somewhere, right? Yeah, it all comes from somewhere. Legit get a pink slip and then uh, they leave. I needed to acknowledge the idea that the mom turns him down, then gets fired, which creates, like, this, um conflict and you know like a problem that needs to be solved for the movie um and then we meet chris well and here's the thing okay so we're introduced to chris and uh the pitcher brett who is like the bully or like the cool kid that chris is jealous of okay the one thing i want to point out is that uh brett is like you know uh we gotta we gotta do good because next week we're playing the hillside stranglers yeah <laughs> jesus fucking christ bro a bit distasteful to name your team after actual local serial killers from that area <laughs> what are we doing look at, look at here's like i'm telling you this movie is camp it is so camp it's like like i like i'm telling you oh with the director of uh Wee's wild ride or whatever that movie is I think that this movie could be great. It just needed to commit to its vision because the writing with stuff like that is absolutely insane and hilarious. And it just needed to be taken to that level. North of 10 victims. Who is this movie for? (laughs) Again, I'm just going to ask that Hillside Strangler joke. Who was it for? I digress. Um, wait, 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 wait. Let's pause. Let's pause. Are you going to actually tell me that America doesn't do this all the time? We name, we name shit after terrible people all the time. But that's the point. So we find out that the coach of that team is the same motherfucker who sexually harassed Linda in the opening of the movie. The same one who bought a poisonous dagger to kill his wife with on his anniversary. This is the guy who named his team the 
fucking stranglers. You know what I mean? We yeah. are seeing a personification of this one psychopath come out through, sprinkled throughout the film. Correct. Correct. Um, Absolutely. Keep going. We're also we're at the baseball game. Yeah, we're also introduced to Jennifer, uh, who's played by Natanya Ross, who instantly made me smile as soon as I saw her. I mean, like, um, she's doing good. Like, they put oh. it out. But, like, Natanya actually does a really good job. I want to say oh. that it's interesting to me how, A, she's, like, one of four women with speaking roles sure. in this movie. Yeah. Um, which, by the way, surprisingly, passes the Bechtel test. Um, <laughs> because, because of the uh, scene with uh, Linda and Fran, it actually does wow. pass the Bechtel test. So progressive. Just want to be woke movie. <laughs> Don't let the Sanders find out about this. One. Uh, exactly. But uh, Natanya does amazing as who she's supposed to be, girl next door. And fun fact for you on the pod, she says that she actually did date both the guy who plays Brett and the that. guy who plays Chris. Heartbreaker. Uh, Heartbreaker. Uh, at the exact same time, and neither of them knew. So I was like, okay, I want that storyline. <laughs> <laughs> when I, okay, so we, we meet her again, instant smile on my face uh, when I see her. <laughs> Chris goes up and asks Jennifer to the dance. And what I love about it, he's like, hey, I want to ask you to this dance the day before. And I was like, fucking rude, Chris. Like, the day before the dance, you're coming up to me and asking, like, what do you think this is? Like, do you think I'm just some common, regular girl? Like, I'm clearly, like, the one breaking hearts right now. So I just thought that was kind of rude on him. Um, and so we have the baseball game, whatever. They disperse. We I get want to point out, we see, like, they show uh, Chris and Jennifer together. And there is a very clear height difference. Oh, she's um, a foot taller than him. A whole foot. But I, I like, I like, I was like, yes, short king, shoot your shot. <laughs> like, like, like it was, it was in general, I was like, it's very realistic that sometimes the person that you are interested in, like y'all don't necessarily like look good together. And Hollywood doesn't always show that. Sure, or if they yeah. do, they make a joke out of it. And this is like never even uh, mentioned. It's just a fact of life. And I kind of liked that. Yeah, I felt like it's more typical to how uh, boys and girls mature actually around that age. And if you go back and watch Wonder Year, especially in that first season, Winnie was actually taller than Kevin. So um, definitely something that was was more uh, common back then. Um, also, the coach uh, during this baseball scene um, could care less. Like, like I was like, he's actually a good. He seems like a good guy. Terrible coach. Um, I have some theories about that coach in the second game that we get to. Okay, but okay. Um, so okay, we get back to the the house. We we're, uh, Linda comes home and waiting for her is Mister Poindexter, the neighbor next door, um, who's waiting to give her a mouthful of bullshit because her sprinklers were like messing up his grass or something. I just got to say this: Can you Gucci imagine? Daddy shorts? Yeah, wearing he, Gucci Daddy shorts. Gucci Daddy shorts. His dogs all running up, barking at her, coming at her mad aggressive on this day that she just got fired. Like, imagine you just got fired and you came home to that dude giving you bullshit about your sprinklers. Like, I, I, to me, it just rubbed me the wrong way because if I am just got fired and you're giving me bullshit, like, in my family, we have a term for situations like that, which is, I wish a nigga would. I wish a nigga <laughs> would try to give me some shit after I just got fired because of a sprinkler. Well, the no. thing that rubbed me the wrong way is that he is clearly queer-coded. Like, all of the... Oh, I did not get that. Like, any, if you look at the 90s, a lot of the things that would be kind of 
assigned to a strange queer character, he has. He's tall, thin, round glasses, the hoochie daddy shorts, like like his obsession with his flowers. Like this is a queer coded character. Mm, uh, and I was like, I have thoughts on this, um, especially since your dog is a demon as well. <laughs> well, <laughs> going there, we going there. As bad as I feel for her. As bad. The- as bad. I to was like, point. wait, I get to say this because I brought it up. <laughs> as bad as I felt. And I was like, mm, this is a, a day. Poor girl. Ooh. She looks at the dog, Mr. Poindexter's dog. She waits till no one's looking. <laughs> she waits till no one's looking. And she kicks the dog. <laughs> This was my bra moment. I was like, what, did we just see, I'm supposed to be rooting for you? <laughs> this movie took such a fucking wild turn at that point. Cause I was just like, oh, so you're actually evil. Like, <laughs> I was, I was like, like, and what's crazy is they show you her kick the dog. They filmed it. <laughs> they filmed it then. <laughs> and it's like, like, don't get me wrong. Like, there, everyone has neighbors who you don't like, and you're like, man, I would kick that dog if I could. But you don't do it. Don't she do looks it. around. That tells me in her heart of hearts. She was <laughs> she waiting. Kicks, she kicks puppy. She was waiting for a moment. Literally. It wasn't I, nothing. I was like, will this come back later? Like, will she get some kind of moral, um, I don't know, retribution? Of course not. The man who <laughs> sunk Atlantis is pals with God. What? So what does she have to worry about? Uh, okay, so that threw me out of the all, I, I know that it seems like we've been going on forever. You guys, Munchie has not returned at all. <laughs> oh, okay, but we're getting there. Okay, so Chris is in his room. He's lamenting about how uncool he is when a red light no, beams. How this, cool Brett is. How cool Brett is and how Which uncool is important he is. because yeah. for me, I was like, it's one of those things where he's like, man. Why does Brett get all the girls? I mean, yeah, he's good at sports. And yeah, he's good looking. And yeah, yeah, I like, named all the reasons. Yeah, there it is. Boom. <laughs> so as he's going through this list of reasons why he has a secret crush on Brett, um, uh, from the sky, a red light beams an abomination into his room. Convince me this isn't a horror movie. No, 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 no. That's what that was crazy to me. My first note was this: this kid immediately is just like, "Cool, uh-uh, mm, no, no, not cool." <laughs> a demon just showed up in your room out of nowhere, <laughs> and it's. I was, I was, I would be terrified. Why is this kid easily embracing? He's un. Faced, unbothered, un- unbothered. <laughs> Munchie starts it. He immediately starts cracking these wise, cracking jokes like, oh, "I got to get my brakes adjusted." <laughs> and it's like, "You, what are you? Why are you in my home? What do you need?" Like, and then he reveals that he grants wishes. Yep. And again, okay. Tri- trickster God comes right back in. Um, and what's what's funny to me is all right, so. He tells him that he grants wishes. Doesn't again. This is what I'm talking about. We got genie in the lamp moment from Aladdin. He doesn't give rules though to he how his g- powers work. He doesn't give rules. We don't know how his power works, but he does say there are limitations. So he's talking to Chris, and we have found out that Chris's dad has died. So Chris says, "Can you bring my dad back?" 
And Munchie goes, no, there are limits. And then Chris goes, cool, then check this out. Yeah. And he goes on a very specific way. Well, first, first he, he's like, can you clean my room? Which he does. And then, yeah, you're right. He goes through a full shopping list. And I'm just like, first of all, Noah grants wishes for no reason, Chris. You need to be a little bit more smart. No one gives anything for free in this world. Be exactly. smarter, bro. Um, and then keep in mind, 15 minutes ago, we saw this creature blow up a school. And now he's in this boy's room just being like, I'll give you anything. This is a horror movie at every turn. Um, I don't think Munchie can walk. Uh, We see the movie try to get around that by vanishing to the wall. He does this like vanish like poof, but he does it from one side of the room to the other side of the room. Like he won't even come over. He has to special effect himself. I don't understand why. I like here's the thing. I feel like this movie also would have worked if it was animated, like adult animation. You know what oh, I mean? Oh, totally, totally. Like I think like that was like like the limitations of this movie in reality is that they try to do it practically and they have this demon puppet. If you get <laughs> rid of the demon puppet, I feel like it worked. Like, it, it, imagine it would work better. Movie, Imagine if this was just a Muppet. Like, just like a hand Muppet. Well, at this point, we're in Kazam territory. Like, why (laughs) am I watching a movie that I've already seen four different versions of? Like, we're just granting wishes at this point. Also, Munchie casually mentions, by the way, he's like, this kid wishes for this video game system. And he's like, well, yeah, this is actually stolen merch, but no big deal. And the kid is unbothered by the fact that it's stolen merch. He's like, yeah, sure, awesome. He goes, Brett said he had the same setup, which is impossible, Mm because when you look at, like, the size of this thing, Brett does not have it and he goes i've only seen it in the mall and she goes well that's where this is from yeah and then does not stop chris from asking i like this i love that it was stolen and i also love this idea of like you can't get something for nothing so any wish that munchie grants is actually it being taken from somewhere this isn't magic in the sense of it's being created out of nothing, it is being borrowed from somewhere else. It has to already exist. And I find that so amazing because it's, it's going to come back up later. I really yeah. Know. And it's such a weird way to describe his powers. Like, why? Like, he's from heaven. Like, why are you putting these? Li- whatever. Um, <laughs> I try to figure out at this point when he gives him this full video game system, I was like, what is his actual end game? Like, is it to make people happy? Because happiness is such like a fleeting thing. I have a theory. Like, what are the theory. metrics of success for his job? I have a theory and I, I like, I'm going to, I have to wait to the end. In order okay. To tell okay, you, okay. But yeah. like, okay, keep going. <clears throat> All right. So <laughs> Munchie uh, gives him this video game system. That's a car. And before Chris knows it, he's like, oh man, I wish we could just make this more hardcore. And then Munchie's like, well, as you wish or whatever. And then instantly they're in a grand theft auto type situation where Chris is behind the wheel of an actual car with yep. an actual airplane chasing him down, dropping actual bombs on a child. Exactly. <laughs> what, doing? what you wish for. Is How like, is this helping? I'll be careful what you wish for. Um, what I love more than anything, uh, if you don't have anything to say about like the time that they're in the video game, which well, is- all I all I have to say is that like Chris has known this like gutter gremlin yeah. for ten minutes, and he's already in a life threatening situation. He already told you he can't bring people back from the dead. So I I just I, you need to be smarter, Chris. That's just all I kept thinking. They're, oh my they, gosh. They come out of the video game because story reasons, and Munchie under sees Linda coming. Now, something that we have not said is that 
No one is allowed to see Munchie allowed. Not that they're incapable. They're not allowed to see Munchie. So Munchie always disappears from the room mm-hmm. whenever uh, Linda is on her way in. Where does he go when he Wait. So Munchie disappears. And as a matter of fact, Chris is like, hey, you got to get rid of this stuff sure. before my mom comes in. So Munchie makes it disappear. Linda comes in. She's like, oh, your room is clean, blah, 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 blah. And then, of course, she leaves. When she leaves, Chris is like, hey, where did all that stuff go? He goes, I put it back in the mall. And then I, I like this is what I'm talking about. I like the lesson here. Chris goes, Oh, I wanted to show my friends that stuff. And Munchie goes, Was it about the stuff or was it about your friends knowing about the stuff? And he goes, I just wanted my friends to know about it. And then Munchie goes, Then take them to the mall. <laughs> it's like, actually a low key great lesson. It's a Can great I- lesson. Did you want it or did you just want people to see it? You just wanted people to see it? Then take them to the mall. That's where I'm at. <laughs> I've actually based my a good part of the success of my life on this very concept. Because someone told me a while ago, I was having a conversation and they were talking about people who want to climb Mount Everest. And someone was like, I feel like all these people who climb Mount Everest are just doing it so they can say they climb Mount Everest. Would you really do it if you could never tell anyone you did it? Like, that's really Not wanting that. it. Yeah. And so, like, I felt the that lesson kind of trinkle in here. And I'm like... Look at Munchie. Look at this, this, uh, the La Chupacabra giving me this wisdom <laughs> in this movie. I did not expect it was just kind of crazy. Uh, the last thing I have to say about the scene is that Chris asked for a pager, and I'm like, fucking for what? You slinging rocks, Chris? Like, what's up? Um, <laughs> he gives an entire list and says, well, that takes care of Circuit City, which yeah. is a, a name drop of a store that has gone out of date. Rest in peace, Circuit City. And B, he just asked for Circuit City. That's crazy. <laughs> he also says, uh, Munchie, uh, he, at, at one point, he's like, I need you to get rid of everything. And then Munchie says, I only know one major word that gets rid of everything you own, Reaganomics. <laughs> That's, see, I told you. I love the comedy of the political commentary on Oh, that. my God. You can't, see, you can't say that and tell me you ain't laugh at these jokes. You <laughs> laugh at these you jokes. Did, you're right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> um, we go outside, and Munchie has set... Okay, so Chris is mowing the lawn, and Munchie's like, oh, I can help you with this, obviously. I'm your, your guardian angel, whatever. He sets the lawnmower to go independently, and that lawnmower later goes to try to murder the neighbor and his dog? Yeah. That's... <laughs> the The... You could take this exact script and change like three things, and it is Chucky. It is like, I don't know if you ever saw the movie. There was a movie that came out in the 90s called Pinocchio's Revenge, which is basically exactly what you think. A little kid gets a Pinocchio doll, comes to life, tries to kill people, tries to convince kids to kill people. This movie is like a sneeze away from being that. Multiple Absolutely. times, Munchie Absolutely. does things that could murder both the boy and people in this story. People are unfazed. They still think he's an angel. And I don't okay. understand. We can't pretend like the 90s weren't chaotic in general. We had a movie where some dad got divorced, dressed up like a stranger to spend time with his kids. Wow. And then the whole time. The whole time. <laughs> We have another movie where a kid gets sucked into a board game. Oh, yeah. His friend is put into therapy. His father is accused for his murder. 
So God damn Robin. this movie is right in line. Like it oh just is. This is what I'm saying. What like you you did not give this movie credit. And I was like, I, I'm gonna push back. I feel like this movie just had a low budget and a bad director. Because if you Maybe. give this same movie to any of the people who did our Disney originals, you get a chaotic movie. Well, what a fun romp. You're right. Maybe Chris Columbus could have done more with this film. <laughs> who knows? Um I just want to say before, uh, like when the lawnmower is doing its thing, Chris calls him back. He's like, Munchie, you got to stop the lawnmower. Munchie's like, why? What's the problem? And at that point, I'm like, bro, you don't know. Are you not controlling this lawnmower? Like the demon of chaos. That's just what I'm going with. Demon of okay, chaos. Okay. All right. Anyways. All right. Little so- subplot for you guys um, in the background all of this time. Um, Jennifer has been dating Brett. And each yes. and every time, um, like they all live in the same neighborhood, of course. And Chris is trying to figure out how to impress Jennifer. Yeah. Um, Which brings us to the second baseball game against the Hillside Stranglers. Um, (laughs) The Hillside coach is Shelby. And this is the point where I was like, the cocaine was so obvious. No one (laughs) is this invested in a Little League game for no reason. Even the other coach of the Concord team. Yeah. It's beginning progressively more and more drunk, acting as if like this game is like a make or break, like the fucking mob is waiting to see who comes out on top. It's just crazy the the level of stress the coaches are at for this game that the kids feel kind of casual about. For me. They've both put money on this game. That's what it is. <laughs> they are child, they're betting on children's little league. <laughs> and that's what's going on. I'm letting you know. That's that's it. Shelby's team is winning, and at the halftime or on break, uh, Chris is sent to grab a, his coach a soda from the bathroom when Munchie, like, okay, the they did not put it like Daniel calls out that, like, the the coach is never seen without a bottle of Coke, he's just drinking so much soda. I'm gonna tell y'all right now that there's is something soda. in that coat, <laughs> soda. That is that soda. Is soda. <laughs> hey, kid, go uh, give me another soda. <laughs> well, I know because at one point in the game, he's actually just drinking a bottle. He's like, I'm not even gonna put on the charade, just <laughs> licking like being that, sober, <laughs> licking the inside because it's got cocaine inside. <laughs> oh my god. So he sends Chris, he's like, Brad, I need another soda. And Munchie, like the shade sewer rat he is, appears and he's in a baseball outfit. Multiple times they put this thing in a new outfit every single time, and it's just disturbing. It's not cute. It's not like a like, you know, when you go to Build-A-Bear and you're like, oh, I want to get new outfits for this creature. Like, they could have made a creature that you want to buy, you want a toy that you want to bring home. This is not it. Munchie is, is if I woke up and saw a Munchie at the foot of my bed, I'm having nightmares <laughs> for the rest of my life. That You're right. I kept thinking to myself, like, this was not made for merchandising. <laughs> no. Because Tim Burton wouldn't make this creature. Like... <laughs> And and, and to your point, uh, a few things. One, as you pointed out, this is a baseball movie. If you guys have not checked out our um, recap of Angels in the Outfield with the locker room flicks, make sure you go over and check that out. Absolutely. Uh, Baseball movie. And then also, this the idea of Munchie being in this, like, pile of sweaty clothes in the locker room, um, talking to the kid at some point in time, Chris and Munchie are talking, and Mr. Car- Shelby, Carlisle, yeah. Shelby, Mr. Carlisle, is going in there for what? I can't even remember the reason why he was going in there. I think he, like, had to pee, but then, like, that really gets dropped almost immediately. 
he sees Munchie and he and Chris talking. He's like, I got to take a picture of this. That's what I, I mean. Like, he does not react like, oh, uh, is this a, a demon? demon? <laughs> like, does God exist? Like, there's no like moment of like, what is happening? He's just immediately the teacher from Fairly Odd Parents, where it's like, yes. I got to get a picture. I'm going to get famous. Like, You're it was right. such That's a so quick perfect. turn. Yeah, absolutely. But again, um, he's evil. So keep going. There's like a there's a sentient oh, groundhog then, talking, and you're just acting so nonchalant about it. And then, okay, so what happens is Chris wishes that he was good at baseball, mm -hmm. essentially, and Munchie gives him powers. All of a sudden, it it becomes angels in the outfield again. But what's interesting <laughs> is that Shelby, who is still coked out of his mind, is so pissed that they're not winning that he goes to his son and he's like, um. Hey, I will pay you a hundred dollars to throw a ball so hard at Brett it takes him out of the game. And that's why I was just like, oh, so this movie has no limits. They no. clock this dude at the chest, he falls back. I'm not gonna lie, I did laugh out loud. Brett has a broken, a bruised rib cage. <laughs> they took him to the hospital, but the way he fell was so funny. Oh my god, it was so funny. Okay, keep going. Um, yeah, so basically, Chris wins this game single-handedly by cheating with Munchie. Uh, there's a big uh, we call it cheating again. Angels in the outfield didn't call it cheating. It's, it's not still, a championship no, game. No, no, no. I don't care what these <laughs> angels call it. <laughs> cheating is cheating. Munchie, it goes so far beyond the angels in the outfield. Even the angels in the outfield, the angels try to make it look like, yeah, the ball curves a little. This ball is doing loops around the bat. It is yes. unbelievable. Um... And yeah, the, with the Demon Genie, they won the game. <laughs> Demon Genie. Uh, Chris hits a ball out of the uh, atmosphere when it comes back down again while Mr. Carlisle, Shelby Carlisle, is like saying some kind of play ad. The ball comes back eventually later, hits him on the head, knocks him out. I was like, that's a concussion. You don't get a lot of those <laughs> in your lifetime. <laughs> that just fell from space. Yeah, exactly. You can't tell me that that's not going to hurt. You can drop a penny from the top of a building and kill someone. So what are we saying here? Okay, um, next, next. Okay, so now we're back at home and Chris's mom's afraid they're going to lose this massive house that they do not need. And my first question was, mom, you don't have a job. Why were you at this game? <laughs> why am I doing everything alone? He's looking for a job. That's why. That's okay. why. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, yeah, so at this point, like, Brett is, uh, no, Chris, I'm sorry, has the way of getting this money that he's on. And then at some point, he's like, all right, you know what? I'm going to ask Jen to the dance. Wait, 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 wait. This is really important. So he asks his mom what is wrong. And she's like, nothing at first. But then later on, uh, I think it's around this time. He's like, again, something's off with my mom. She's not usually this quiet. She asks her again. She confesses, hey, I lost my job. Mm -hmm. And we need money in order for me to pay the rent. We need $20,000. I was like, that's a very specific amount. We yep. will absolutely be getting that. By the way, fun fact, $20,000 in 1994 is $41,000 today. Wow. Girl. What were you doing? <laughs> yeah, there's no way that you and your husband thought this would be a good choice, even when he was living, even when you were both working. Like, this is terrible. It did seem like that thing where it's like she found out later, like, oh, my God, we owe how much? It's like, girl. No, she says to Chris, she's like, me and your uh, dad set up our mortgage this way when we first got together, thinking we'd have time to figure it out. And then he died. So it was just like, you guys made a terrible choice. I don't know what to say. Um, 
the phone rings, right? It's Jen. They find out that Brett is taken to the hospital. He's injured from the game. And so Chris is like, oh, cool, bet. Let's go to the dance together, me and you. Then Munchie comes up and he starts being the Cinderella fairy godmother, getting him all glammed up, getting him a suit, getting him a Rolex for whatever yeah. reason. <laughs> and and that this is the point where, again, I'm questioning, what is going on with Linda that she is so unobservant of her child's life that she doesn't realize he's walking around in a suit a rolex and has a limo parked out front when he goes to pick up jen her elderly mother is there waiting for her but linda seems to have no involvement in chris's life whatsoever so it's funny that you say that because um a we, we forgot to mention munchie says that he will help figure out the money situation which again i'm like okay well we know that something's going on there yeah then um, Chris is getting ready for the dance. He's wearing this suit. He's like, I want to look better. They talk about Cinderella specifically. He gets put into a, a nicer tuxedo, uh, corsage. Um, he go, they go out to the car and he's like, you need a better ride than this. So they go and they change the mother's car. The station from wagon. Yeah. The station wagon into a limo. And again, since we know for a fact that all of Munchie's wishes don't come from nowhere. I was like, there's a station wagon inside <laughs> a limo rental service. <laughs> and someone is just like, what? Like, there's a station wagon oh where car number four is supposed to be. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Um, we also learned at this point that if prompted, if he wanted to, Munchie could turn himself human. Yes. What are we doing? <laughs> Why is it that this is the one time that he decides, oh, I'm not going to look like a sewer rat. I'm going to be a person. You were out in public. You were at a baseball game. You were doing all this stuff. You never once decided to go in disguise. Yet here this, we is, this is what I was talking about. We. This is Aladdin vibes. This is Genie changing into the that guy who's in charge Lisa of the parade. parade. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. I, I just don't know. I just... Like, again, could have just made him a human from the beginning, so it would have worked. Could have saved us a lot of bullshit with special effects and whatever, but okay. Um, so we go to the dance, and guess who's the band that's performing at said dance? The same one that was at the show Munchie, at the school Munchie blew up. I loved this, because two reasons. One, I was like, this is the same band from the beginning. This man has an amazing manager, getting them gigs all over town. I'm pretty However, sure Munchie is the manager. Munchie of that is the manager. He goes, I do everything. I'm, there's a band I manage. I <laughs> love that that's his secret. Them? No, yes. he's like, does he just book them for me? He is a party <laughs> promoter. He He's like, guys, this you're my band. I'm going to make shoehorn parties into every assignment I get and hire you guys to play at it. And it's, that's called synergy. And I'm ooh. here for it. <laughs> I like to think that the lead singer is like Munchie's cousin or something like that. There's a nepotism thing. Your mom's Absolutely. like, oh, you going to a dance tonight, Munchie? You're not going to invite your cousin's band to play? That's the vibe I'm getting. Um, Do you think he gets 10%? <laughs> uh, I mean, who knows if money means anything to this to this character? Uh it, it, we see Jen and Chris show up to the dance. The height difference is especially awkward. Um, but what they I love- They put her in heels. Natanya points out that they put her in heels. And she's like, why? Why though? <laughs> 
the the height difference is crazy. But what I noticed as soon as she walked in, she gave me Ingrid vibes from her episode of, of Boy Meets right. World when she goes to the dance with uh, uh, Corey. And I was just like, damn, can this chick just have a good time at a dance one time? Like, why is it that she's constantly dealing with so much drama every time she goes to a dance? So I just thought that was a weird quinky-dink. Uh, Chris is spending the whole dance talking about this game that he had this magical troll help him win. And Jen is over his bullshit. She's well, just- it's not just Jen. Like, he has been bragging about how good he is. He's like, he's that guy where he's got, he's, it's, it, to me, what I loved about it, it was like classic, quote unquote, nice guy trope of mm-hmm. like, I'm a nice guy. Why don't people like me? Why don't is there anyone give me the attention I deserve? And the moment you get any kind of recognition, ego up to here. He's insufferable. Like, it's, he's insufferable. So much so that Jen is just like, look, I don't even want to do this anymore. And yeah. she leaves. And then Chris goes to Munchie again <laughs> in the corner somewhere. Not as a human this time. Which no. is weird because he should be. Yeah. Um, and he goes up to Munchie and oh, he's like, yes. I wish I could hear people's thoughts. Munchie so. gives him the power of mind reading. This creature can give powers. Exactly. So he gives him the power of mind reading. And in doing so, Chris hears what everyone actually thinks about him. And they're always like, who does he think he is in this tuxedo? Yeah. Look, oh my God, he's going to talk to me again about the game. And yeah, you made everything about you. And I was like, again, we are learning valuable lessons here. We I are. like the lessons that we are teaching kids. When the girl Which, comes up and she's like, oh, I want to ride home with you. And she he reads her mind and it's all because she wants to be popular and has nothing yeah, to do Yeah, she's like, he's insufferable. But hey, people like them. And if they like, them. I was like, some writer <laughs> is like putting down all his therapy in this script. And I love it. But again, at the end of the day, he's like, man, everyone hates me and I need to make changes. And I love that that's what he got from that. He was like, oh, I spent so much time trying to be someone that I thought people would like that it became insufferable. So I got to start being myself again. Another great lesson. Another great lesson. Shelby, who has been following the antics, sees this and he his thought process is, oh, I know where to go to get the answers I'm looking for. He takes a picture of Munchie to a funeral home director. No, it's, it's a museum. It's a museum. What you? What even was? I don't even know what that was because he says graves. Ha <laughs> ha. You get it? And I was like, is this a funeral home? Weird. But he instantly recognizes Munchie and says that he is older than time itself. Terrifying. Yeah, but see, Kills. that's the thing. Full this is where chills. we get a little bit of backstory. Like this is where like. The shop owner in the Gremlins would be what this guy is playing. But like that was in the beginning to give us context of the rest of the movie. This is happening in the third act. He says Munchie is the last survivor of a race that lived before humans. And he helped all the great powers in history. We see him with Napoleon. We see him with George Washington. Why the fuck is he with Chris, and he was helping all of these very I'm telling important you, people. I'm telling you, I oh, I got answers. I got answers, but we got to get there. We got to get okay, there. Okay, okay, okay. Um, this right. is where, by the way, this is where Chris has not Chris TC has brought up numerous times uh, the idea that when when Shelby goes to this museum, he goes, "Hey, I remember you from a few years ago. Didn't you try to buy a poison dagger?" And he yeah. goes, yeah, I don't need it anymore. 
And then he's like, you try to, he says, you wouldn't sell it to me because you were, I was a kid. And you're like, okay, so you've been dark for quite some time. Yeah. Then after we learn the history of Munchie and he's like, you got to go get Munchie. The store owner is like, hey, do you still want that dagger? And he goes, you know what? <laughs> I got an anniversary coming up. <laughs> and evil. there you go. <laughs> like pure evil. I don't okay. know who I'm rooting for. Um, so now we're at the money rain scene. We come to find out that uh, Munchie made it literally rain 20 grand over this home. As uh, we thought it was. On their lawn. The news shows up. It's getting all this attention. Again, very few people are asking questions. They're calling it, oh, this came from heaven. Like, uh, all right, whatever. Um, I just want to say right here, the moment that it started to rain money in real life, I was like, that does not happen. No, there's no reason. Money came from somewhere. I was like this. I was like a plane exploded somewhere. Like all of this money just rained down. And sure enough, what happens is A, uh, the news comes, as we've talked about, they're interviewed. They're like, money fell from the sky. And it's exactly as much as this woman needed. How crazy is that? And a few things happen. One, Mr. Poindexter shows up again. And he's just like, hey, some of this money fell on my side of the fence. So it's my money. And I'm <laughs> like, good for you, Mr. Poindexter. Yeah. And then a guy from the Treasury Department, department just shows up. And he's like, hey, we heard you got some free money. Can we take a look at that? Yeah. And I was like, see, this is why you don't tell people nothing. This why you the government your... immediately. <laughs> you win the lotto, you don't give them your name. Like, this you is You don't basic let them shit. know anything. You got money that, like, I'm going to say, this is a well-known fact with Black people. If you find money, money, not a mm. wallet, money. That's your money. <laughs> you don't tell nobody, you don't tell nobody else. <laughs> <laughs> the Lord well, is helping wait, you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You try to step on your own blessing by telling yeah. other people. <laughs> so, what I what I love about the scene is that they're reporting it on the news, and Shelby sees it. And okay, like so much wild shit has happened. Right, this is the moment. Nearly midway through the third act, he looks at the camera, breaks the fourth wall, we and tells the, the kids wall several times. Well, this is the first time he's talking directly to the audience and being like, I'm going to get that munchie. But he's looking at us, the but audience, and the, saying it. They did it in heaven at the uh, in the very beginning. When oh, the judge they? is like, remember, the judge is like, have you ever felt like you've just made a really bad decision? It's right when you he know says what? You're right. I guess, I don't know. It just threw me for a loop that that was even happening. So we're at this Home Alone sequence. <laughs> um, they leave uh, to go to figure out, investigate this money. Shelby shows up to steal Munchie. Again, nothing in him that's like, oh, this is a superpowered nope. being. Nope. I need to defend myself somehow. Mm-mm. He just goes in blind and he's like, yep. it's going to work out great. <laughs> uh, Munchie does a variety of slapstick type of hijinks to prevent Shelby from getting in, including putting fireworks in his asshole. <laughs> um, <laughs> he throws marble so he falls down this flight of steps. Another concussion uh, with a bowling ball. I mean, and again, you don't get a lot of those. He sets him on fire, hits him with a vase. Like, it's really next-level stuff. And again, at no point does he go, oh, I'm dealing with a demon from Satan. Like, I need to leave. So now we can talk about my theory. You have been asking this entire time, who is this movie for? What is his end goal? If Munchie is, in fact, an agent of chaos, I think that he has been sent here as retribution for... 
Shelby Carlisle. Because think about it. By the end of this movie, which we are getting to, Shelby Carlisle's life is ruined. And this is the same guy who we know is consistently sexually harassing everyone. So, and again, we'll get to the why later, but keep that in mind. I think Munchie's true goal is to ruin this dude's life. Hmm. Continue. Hmm. <laughs> I mean, it's it's not a bad theory because to your point, we later find out that Munchie does have an end game, however twisted, however illogical. Exactly. He that's does have an end game. That's, so that's my point. That's interesting. Okay. Um. <laughs> yeah. So this Home Alone scene really just doesn't happen without any buildup. It's just a man getting like just hurt by things around the home. Um, (laughs) At one point, they're in the kitchen, and then Munchie is just basically doing his regular wisecracking stuff, and it instantly goes, oh, he touches potatoes by accident. He goes, oh, my kryptonite, potatoes, and falls dead. (laughs) I'm like, what is this movie that potatoes? Shelby grabs a bag, uh, and then stuffs a trash bag, stuffs Munchie in it, and then is like gonna run out. But meanwhile, we see that Linda and Chris, who went with the uh, Treasury Department guy, Todd, uh, Todd, come, Todd comes back and it says so that money that they found that rained from the sky actually came from a uh, drug cartel that they were tracking. And when they thought they'd be caught, caught they released all of their money. Mm. Uh, as a, so, I, this, like, I was like, it does answer the question: Where did this money come from? Money doesn't rain from the sky. Well, it does if a drug cartel is being uh, watched and they just need to dump it all. So that's where the money comes from. But what I'm saying is, like, okay, so yeah, Munchie was able to get that money via that path of events. Did he have to start the initial heist? from the cartel in order to make this dream happen. How far back does it go? I don't think that's even it. I think what Munchie did was Munchie snitched. He gave the 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 National Treasury Department a lead. They go to investigate, which leads to them dumping the money. And there you go. That's why he was like, I'm going to need a moment. I'm going to need a moment to like do some things. (laughs) Munchie the snitch. Damn. If you like Agent of chaos. Agent of chaos. So he um, does that, but Todd says a that they're looking for work. Uh, they're looking like to hire people, so maybe Linda can come work for them. And then he's like, "You ain't got to be so formal. Call me Ty." And you're like, "Oh, a little romance going on as well." Mm-hmm. So, um, okay, well, hold on, because did we talk about the high speed chase? Did we skip no, over- that's happening right? Okay, now. okay, okay, because, yeah. Again, so what happens? They come back from. Uh, the Treasury Department. Uh, Chris goes inside to get Munchie, but Shelby runs out of the house with Munchie, and now there's a high-speed chase. Can I ask you a question? Why is Chris worried? He has seen that Munchie can appear and reappear (laughs) wherever. He can change his appearance. He can give people superpowers. He is a god. Why is he worried for Munchie? The same reason why Aladdin needs the lamp. 
It's like you don't know if like that's the con. Like you need to have possession of Munchie in order for Munchie to grant you the wish. Well, that's my favorite part of the movie is they're on this chase, and for whatever reason, Todd just seems on board. He He's seems down to the clown. Experience <laughs> a Munchie in his life. Would love to get into that backstory, but whatever. Um, the mom finally, finally, who or what is a Munchie? The question is finally asked. No answer. Just, no answer. The kid doesn't even there try. Is no answer. <laughs> Shelby uh, then crashes into a watermelon stand, flips his car. Um, Remember but, everything I just told you. And the car explodes, by the way. Everything I just told you. <laughs> um, it's just like there was a person in there. <laughs> I... There was well, Todd. Well, we find out that Shelby does get out of the car right before it explodes. But again, this keeps happening, and Todd, the government agent, keeps going back to like, "Oh yeah, I had a munchie when I was a kid, just like my munchie." And I'm just like, "What? How many people know of munchie? <laughs> How many munchies? Because it was a race of people. We've already established. They said that, that he was the last survivor, so it had yeah, to be. But him. there were more." I'm just is saying he that omnipresent. Only... Is he helping multiple kids at he, once? You said he's the last survivor, but that to me says at one point in time there were many, and now there are a few. That's that's all I'm saying. Again, we haven't seen the other one, so maybe you're right. I don't know. I, I figured I that there know. were like maybe in the 70s there were even more munchies. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> oh my gosh, they got arrested with all the Black Panthers and got rid of them. Um, oh wow, uh, Agents of Chaos. All right. <laughs> So one thing is that right before Shelby gets arrested, he yells out, you can't arrest me. I'm a member of the NRA and the NAACP. <laughs> Again, it's just, Bruh. it's just, it's the uh, NAACP. Wait, so here's what's really important is during the high-speed chase, as you would expect, a cop is like, what are you doing? This is a high-speed chase. So uh, a cop pulls over Shelby, well, after he's, uh, has crashed and caused a bunch of chaos. Um, then he, while he is arresting him, he says, oh, you were the guy who was harassing my wife. So again, yeah. this is a situation where he has been, he has planned his ex-wife's murder. He has been harassing women at work. He He's been telling been... his child to hurt other children. Exactly. He's been betting on Little League games. So all of this being A raging said... coke habit. <laughs> <laughs> all of this said, at the end of the movie, Munchie is like, hey, I gotta go. <laughs> out of nowhere. Like, you come in like Mary Poppins and you're out. <laughs> but he also, like, left. And to this kid's point, I'm like, are, is this family any more better off than they yes, were? And, because and, as Munchie said, well, he's, now your mom has a job and she, you may even get a new stepdad. So if it's like all of my chaos had a purpose. No, there's no way no, that no, the things all, that he All did, of his chaos had a purpose. No. And then at the very last scene of the movie, Munchie is back in heaven and he is told that he we did have to, it. Before we get to heaven, hold on, before we get to heaven, <laughs> I have to talk about this. There is zero chances that Munchie did all, everything that he did with the specific goal of getting the mom Dick in the new job. I, I agree. Because when we go to heaven, when we go to heaven, we find out that who gave Munji his new assignment? Chris's dead dad. And he doesn't talk. I was like, they they were like, you we can't afford. Oh, hold on, hold on. I missed that part. What? You missed that part? Did you stop oh, early? I, no, I don't know how. Dude, this is the thing. 
When we see, wow. it, oh my god, oh my god, no wonder. Okay, so early on in the movie, uh, when Chris is talking about his dad, there is a guy in a frame, and it is clearly like the most a headshot. It's a headshot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's a headshot of tall guy number five. Mm-hmm. So, uh, tall guy number five's headshot is is shown to be Chris's dad. At the end of the movie, he goes, um, the judge or whoever is like. You did a good job. Kronos is what they call Kronos says, you did a good job. Here is the person who asked for you to be assigned to this case. And they show the same guy from the frame. Now, the guy just kind of turns around and says nothing because they were like, we cannot afford for you to speak. So you're just here. But we now know that Chris's dad was the one who asked for Munchie to be sent down. So, I must have been looking at my point, phone taking notes or something. I don't to know. To that point, it absolutely, Munchie was like, two assignments. Well, three assignments. Get her a new job. One that's not near Carlisle. Get her also putting her in another situation where she's going to have a sexual relationship with a co-worker. Not good. Well, uh, 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 they weren't co-workers now. They're meeting right in this moment. So all everything's above board. The husband has approved of it. He sent uh, Todd to her. And and ultimately, at the end of the day, Shelby Carlisle is behind bars. That is the goal of Munchie. He is chaotic. I don't want to say good, but he is chaotic, sent down to have Shelby pay for his sins. That is the true purpose. Okay. All right. All right. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Am I to understand that Munchie <laughs> is an angel of the Lord? Because <laughs> when they describe like biblical figures in the Bible, they're always like these batshit crazy animal yeah. type of descriptions. And like when I think about the the, uh, the sludge that is <clears throat> Munchie, is he an angel of the Lord? Is I'm just this saying, is what I angels mean, look like? Is this what this he, is? Does he get his wings? Like at like the end has, of fucking It's a Wonderful Life? He has wings. He oh, has wings wow. whenever he's there. Like again, because he's a puppet, he's just kind of like placed against the wall so you can't really see them and they're not the greatest wings. Uh, sorry to the gra- crafts people. But um, oh, I said crafts, I meant props. But either way. Um, you know, yeah. my main takeaway from this movie ending was this idea that the movie ends with Munchie laughing maniacally as he prepares to assist the Clinton administration. <laughs> There's a guy who's going to, and what did I just say? Chaotic. <laughs> if, if you have a, I don't, again, some kind of rodent angelic figure, and you are you know he has an issue with partying, and mm. you send him to watch Bill? Bill Clinton. Motherfucking Clinton. Does everything not make sense <laughs> about the Clinton wow. administration? If if the Clinton administration, you knew that there was Munchie there the entire time, would things not make more sense? If you told me that Munchie was responsible for the Monica Lewinsky scandal, I would believe you. (laughs) Exactly. Okay. Um, There are two things. One, you said that this uh, movie's final scene is Munchie preparing to help. Well, uh, the pre-credit scene, I should say. Yeah, I would say you would be wrong because the final scene, did you watch... I did. I looked it up. There's a first of all, the post credit scene begins with a message that says Munchie will return and Munchie hangs ten, which I did not look up, but I'm assuming. Except for movie. 
their theme country <laughs> movie, which obviously we need. Um, <laughs> then the post credit scene is just that demented lawnmower from the beginning of the movie tr- tracking down a woman and her infant before it fades to black. And I want to say this woman is very sexualized. She is a uh, let's say uh, robust woman. <laughs> A very, like, Baywatch-era blonde (laughs) type. You know, that early 90s Pamela Anderson type. And it's like, okay, again, this, to your point, who was this for? Who was this for? Because we're led to believe that that lawnmower murders that woman and her infant. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Uh, okay, you guys, if you made it this far, honestly, I don't know how and I don't know why, but I do want to say thank you so much. I, I know why they watch this whole thing, because they <laughs> need answers. What the fuck did I just see? Well, maybe you will get more answers in the next part of our episode, which is we get the privilege, the joy, the honor of interviewing star of Munchie, Natanya Ross. Hi! How's it going? We're so excited that you're here. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited to be here. We have been having the greatest, longest conversation about this movie. Oh god. Um, Oh my god. It's like, I have to say, it has been such a joy to review this movie because it is utter chaos in the best way it's just so chaotic and hectic and completely unhinged in the best way though like the best way i was telling siege that like there's so many movies that are bad but they're not like fun to watch they're not like so bad that they're good but this movie i'm like they should be having midnight shows of this movie (laughs) like this movie deserves to be watched by like the masses like it's so (laughs) great Maybe you guys are going to make it pop off. We'll see, you know. Danielle really pulled that one out of the archives for me. So I I owe it all to her. Absolutely. You know, when you, like, watch this movie now, you know, people are talking about it. Uh, How do you feel about the idea of, like, being in, like, a movie that's so bad it's good? Is there, like, something fun about it? Yeah, sure. I mean, I'm in a lot of movies like that. (laughs) (laughs) I love that you have like that, like that sense of humor about it. Because one of the questions that uh, T and I was asking was like, how often does this happen? Like, how often do you like audition for a project? And you look at the script and you're like, this is fun. And it comes out and you're like, well, that was, that's, that's a paycheck. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think as a kid too, you know, uh, obviously I read the scripts and all of all of that stuff, but I don't think like at that age you really understand. I was like, oh, this looks fun. It's like, I thought it was like a baseball movie, honestly, because there was so much fucking baseball in it. Sure. <laughs> you know, I didn't really like fully understand. I just knew I was like the love interest. And, you know, I got it. I got the movie so fast that it was kind of a whirlwind. Like I went and read and then the next day they were like, okay, you got it. You start Monday. So something crazy like that. You start Monday. And I was like, okay. 
So, yeah, I don't think um, I definitely didn't like understand who Roger Corman or Jim Wynorski were back yeah. then. I was obviously too young to know. And um, it just seemed fun. I knew that Love had done the first one. And um, that was really exciting for me because she had, you know, been like a big sister in my life. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, that's really all I knew. <laughs> I, it's it's hard to watch this movie and think like, oh, this is made for children. <laughs> There's well, multiple. Made, I don't even know what it was made for. I, 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 yeah, I guess it was a kids movie, right? I mean, we were curious as to no, what yeah, you think. That was more of a question. <laughs> like, I don't have an answer. Because <laughs> at one point, they're dropping bombs on a child. There's uh, an instance where like blew up a school, which yeah. is horrible. Um, a lawnmower chases a woman and her infant at the end. There's so many like, points where I'm like, is this a horror movie? It yeah, feels like it could be. The lady kicks the dog. That was like shocking. I didn't remember <laughs> that part. Took my breath away when I saw that. I know. I was like, what the fuck is? This? Are you what? kidding? And then I was kind of like, um, I mean. I turned out to be like nice, I guess, but like how rude to just like hop on another boy's bike right in front of like the boy that likes you, just all sorts of like crazy <laughs> un unhinged shit, you know? Well, I thought it was rude that he asked you to the dance the day before and like you wouldn't have fucking options. Like, how rude of you? Like, it's the day before. I know. This girl's got options, baby. Yeah. She's and, got options. Did, and she did have options because you were double teaming both of them. I hey. was in real life too. I know we loved it. We we heard we well. I listened to your episode with Tommy Thrilled as well. Again, it oh. seems like it was so much fun. Uh, what was that yeah. experience like for you? Again, to like just come back on and like almost promote this movie again. Yeah. Well, the first episode of Pod that I did was obviously really special. You know, and sure. I think you guys probably I think you guys heard that one. Yeah, I love that episode. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. I'd seen Ryder and Will at this Comic Con and. And Ryder and I really like caught up a lot and um and they had he had just told me that they had been thinking about doing this and like it hadn't started or anything. So when I saw that it that they did it, I was like, wow, that's really cool. Like they actually did it. And then my friend Marty was actually on one of the very first episodes and mm -hmm. and I knew mine was like second season, like midway second season. I was like, I don't know, maybe they'll call me, maybe they won't. Like you never know. And um, I just got this really cool email from Ryder and he's like, are you ready? Are you ready to come on? And so the first one was really special for me because I got to see all of them together for the first time yeah. in forever. And um, and uh, yeah, I guess it went over so well that they I was honored because I don't know that like I think I was the only guest that has come back come back on to review one of their really bad movies, you know, maybe yeah. it's a trend. I don't know. But um yeah it was an honor and it was hilarious just like seeing how into it that will and Ryder and danielle yeah. got like they knew things like i was just kind of sitting there at some points like <laughs> yeah 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 because like i didn't even catch half of what they caught you know so it was a lot of fun and and um and i literally haven't talked about this movie and i don't even know how long like it's not something that ever comes up so it's a trip <laughs> like 
hearing about it so much and talking about it, you know? <laughs> you, you know, before we talk about uh, Munchie Strikes Back, I just want to say how much we loved your Pod Meets World episode. Um, yeah. You know, the thing that we really appreciate about their show is the way that they're able to create a safe space for especially child actors to kind of discuss and tell their stories. And, you know, it's, um, I, I guess I'm curious, like, what what feedback did you get from that episode, if any? I, um, I mean, I'm still getting it. It's, it was overwhelming and it came at a time too, where I, I was at this like really crossroads in my life and like my personal life, you know, with like, um, just in my, in my personal life and, uh, just like, holy shit, like I'm about to embark in on this new chapter of my life. Like, um, you know, and it, it was, it was hard. It was like a reckoning. So it's crazy. To, and I had, I had put a post on my Instagram saying that like, I really did take the time to read every single comment mm. I read every, and I, I tried to respond to as many as I could. And I read every DM and there were hundreds of DMs and, um, and it came at a time that like the fans probably didn't even realize that I needed it the most, you know, like wow. it was so special because I didn't know when the episode was going to be released. And it just God happened to be released like on the Monday of this week. That was like one of the hardest weeks I've had in a really long time. So it was beautiful for me. I'm always very appreciative whenever I get the opportunity and platform to share some of my story and and some of, you know, what I've been through. And um, I don't think we we hear often enough. We hear a lot about the child actors who get all fucked up on drugs or whatever it is. Right. But like we also don't hear about the ones that like go through that and then now have made it to the other side and have like tried to pick back up their acting career. And I think that story is equally as important, if not more, because it provides a hope and an inspiration, you know. Definitely. There's so many times where uh, you could tell that, you know, actors are really getting chewed up just for the clickbait, for the headlines that it's oh, trying yeah. to promote. Because it's so much easier to, you know, sell a newspaper with negative stories. But 100%. The, what I love about, especially the story that you told on Pod, um, was that I was inspired. Like, I was actually inspired. Absolutely. Like, this idea of like, wow, if she can get through that, I can get through this. And I just think it's really powerful to have those, uh, you know, the stories of people overcoming like crazy odds, crazy adversity and coming out the other side. And now you're helping other people through their journey. I just thought that, that was just a beautiful story. Thank you. Thank you so much. That really means a lot. And I love what y'all are doing too. I, when I saw it, I was like, this is so dope. And I like followed you guys instantly. And I was like trying to get your attention. I'm like, well, <laughs> and, you know, I love it. I just, and I love that how much you guys have been included with, you know, Will and Ryder and Dania. I mean, I just think the whole thing is so beautiful. And I'm just, yeah, I'm happy to be here. We're pinching that. ourselves. And also, We're, yeah, lifelong Alex Mack fans too. We are pinching ourselves for <laughs> you baby. as well. Yes. That's what's crazy is at yes. one point in time, T was like, the girl from Alex Max follows us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I this was like before the episode. Yeah, it was, it was so much fun um, to like just see that. And then we, that's how we like, got in touch with you we just started yeah. chatting um your episode i will also say like what t pointed out for me it really has both your episode and the pod itself 
itself has really made me like want to be more of an advocate for child actors yeah. because you just see how much is going on out there yeah. and it's like who's like who is there for the kid who's in charge like who's yeah. watching over this shit is there anyone around i know and this shit was different in the 90s yeah. obviously you know there was a lot um at least i mean i could speak from my experience there was a lot for me there was not structure um in that way and I think when you become so famous so fast and, and wealthy and like all of these things, it's really hard to rein someone in if there's not like this really good grounded foundation at home. And, yeah. you know, I have I'm pretty much friends with like everybody that I was still friends with back then. Half of us, you know, got fucked up and made it out alive. Yeah. God and the other half turned out they were just really normal people and i had to like take a look at like what the difference in dynamic was i guess and i and it really came down to parental structure is really wow. what it came down to yeah, yeah. absolutely so you, you talk a lot too on the pod about surrounding yourself with like the right kind of people and thing. yeah and you know, one of the things that me and Siege just in general are trying to do is like build a community of people who are creative and who inspire us. And, you know, as someone who's an actor and a creative, like how important is it for you to have people around that can like align with you and your in your creative pursuits like that and encourage you? Totally. It's very, very important to me. So I have like a lot of different pockets of friend groups, right? I have sober friends and I have friends that I work in the mental health industry with and then I have all my actor friends and it's interesting because like different things like um like different what's the word like different things fire off in me like when I'm around different groups of people like the what's the the, the something anyway you know what I'm <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah we cylinder, got not the cylinders what the hell the synergy yeah it's it whatever yeah it, it's like it's i get inspired in different ways but there's a camaraderie with my actor friends that is just very different than any other you know person i'll ever be around especially my friends that i've been friends with since i was a kid like larissa and yeah. marla and like all of these people who you know 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 my heart and soul from like 11 and have like watched the progression to 41 right it's like a whole different deal and then even like newer friends of mine that are actors that I do signings with or or whatever it's just like such a different life that's so hard to explain and it's there's a comfort around being with somebody who like just gets it and I don't have to explain it to them right and then Definitely. you know and then of course those people are always pushing me and like reminding me who the fuck I am when I forget, because we all right. forget who we are sometimes, you know, and then the, the other group too. I mean, it's the same with all of the different pockets of friends that I have, but I am like a really big advocate, like be careful who you surround yourself with. My, I'm very sensitive to energies. I'm like very much an empath. Um, you know, I have, uh, I get like a visceral reaction instantly when I'm around somebody that like my spirit's like, mm -mm, honey, yeah. <laughs> no, thank you. You know, and, and the older I get, the more I've learned how to pay attention to that. And, and, um, and I think it's about having like a healthy self-worth and confidence too. Right. Absolutely. And like yes. that you don't have to like do anything you don't want to do or be around people you don't, I mean, time life is short. 
That's such a lesson that I feel like I feel like we are told all the time when we're younger and you just really don't accept it (laughs) until with age when you understand that you don't have to do things that you don't want to do. If you don't if it doesn't feel right, listen to that side of you. Listen to that gut. Yes. That that intuition you have in you and I have it in like. I get it in like crazy ways, you know, like when I'm starting to pick up on some sort of intuition of like something in my life that's not working or about to, whatever it is, like my whole body shuts down. It's crazy, you know, and and um, I never listened to that when I was younger and I was just so desperate to like fit in and just be OK and turn my brain off long enough to like to like yeah. breathe because there were so many racing thoughts of like just things that like are completely untrue that I know now, right. Being like, you're not good enough. You're not pretty enough. You're not smart enough. You're not thin enough. Like whatever it might be. And um, so, yeah. So just be careful who you surround yourself with, you know, because they say water seeks its own level. Right. So that's what it is. Firing on cylinders there. There it is. Yeah. There you go. (laughs) That's what I was trying to remember. If you're firing on all like, proper spiritual cylinders your water isn't going to seek like you know the bottom of the pool yeah you're going to stay afloat on top with the people who are like swimming not drowning right so definitely and and one of the things i find really relatable about your story and a lot of the other actors who have been on the pod or just you know interviews i've seen throughout my life of, of child actors that i find to be personally relatable is this idea of like well i want external validation i want this person to like me i want to prove something through a role i want to do whatever and i feel like that's something that in our day of social media is way more common than ever amongst the general public and so seeing how you guys have you know gone through the ups and downs of it it's almost like we, we the average person can be like i can kind of see you know how seeking external validation instead of kind of coming to a place where i can be at peace with myself can lead to me making decisions you know, A, B, and C. So I just think there is a lot of relatability in these stories as well. For Totally. I agree. Yeah, 100%. What's the feeling like, the idea of like all the work that you did when you were younger, now again, because like the 90s are back or whatever, yeah. being a sensation, what does that feel like when that that work that I, I will say like kind of was in the past has now like made a resurgence and it's the number one things in pop culture? It's the number. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Well, one, it kind of feels like all of this stuff is like new again to people. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Which is cool. Um, there's obviously younger generations that are now watching this stuff that it is it is new to them. So it, it almost feels like it's it's currently on TV for them, you know. And for me, I mean, there was like all of a sudden I woke up. What it felt like is all of a sudden I woke up one day and on social media, I was like, wait why am I getting so many messages about this, that, this, that, this? And then it was like fan page after fan page after fan page after fan page, just going hard for like all of this stuff from the nineties. And before I knew it, I woke up and like, because of you guys, you know, um, our careers somehow got, there was a resurgence, you know? And I was like, wow. And, but, but also for me, it, it had, it made me have to take a look at, at, Cause I put acting so far in the past for so many different reasons that I was like, was that the right thing? Should I have done that? Right. So it really, for me, kind of got me back into it too, which is cool. 
You know, I was gonna ask because I don't so many know people that, like, on the pod said that they got the creative bug after like interacting. Yeah, yeah, so I don't know that that would have happened for me had it not been for like all of the die hard, like ride or die day one fans that just never like left my side. Um, I'm also like, I'm, I'm an old lady now, so I'm <laughs> with technology. So it took me forever. It was like, I'm actually writing a book. It's, um, I started writing a book a wow. couple of years ago and I have a, a co-author and it's cool and we're almost done. And hopefully that release will be, um, by the end of this year. But, um, I put in the book that at one point, I didn't even know about like the secret inbox message thing on. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, and now it just shows you. But like one day, I just kind of found it, and that's really what like sparked it off. And I was like, it was message after message after message after message oh. about like you're my favorite actor. I mean, it was crazy, and I was like, where the fuck did all these people come from? And through that, I actually connected with certain fans that sparked off cool ideas like hey you guys should do an alex mack reunion or you should do this or so on and so forth and before i before i knew it it just was popping it was on and popping baby and you know the social media started started rising a little bit and and um and i started just simply doing like photo shoots for like content and something sparked like when i got in front of the camera and i really like doing photo shoots and um and then that turned into podcasts and then before I knew it I had a booking agent and now I'm you know I get to fly around the country and meet fans and sign autographs and then I'm doing movies and you know and then now here I am with you guys absolutely (laughs) I think what's fun is to to see just like watching you talk about it your face actually does light up when you talked about like being in photo shoots and getting back into it and I think if we can just hear that like it inspires you to revisit something that you loved and kind of put away that in itself is like very rewarding totally Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so T, you had some questions about Munchie really quickly. <laughs> oh, God. Which I, is, I, honestly, it's really like, ultimate, I'll, I'll let you ask it because I said that you ask it. Let's see what you got. Let's see what you got. What is a Munchie? <laughs> okay. Um, I don't know. <laughs> um, I guess he is a, he's the space creature. Is he space? Like, it's heaven. There's so many, like... There's like so many random, like Joe DiMaggio and like Marilyn Monroe. Yeah, that was so random. I had I didn't even remember half that movie. I made my best friend Virginia watch it with me, and she's just the sweetest and like my biggest fan. So the whole time I was just like, oh my fuck, I'm so sorry. I'm like, she's like, what are you talking about? This fencing, and I was like, okay, I mean, sure, whatever you say. I don't know what a munchie is. I think you guys, I think we, it's up, in, it's up to our interpretation. Chaos demon is the current theory that we're running. Yeah, with. <laughs> yeah. like some kind of mud-colored leprechaun. Um, yeah, uh, like uh, <laughs> he looks like almost like a Cuban leprechaun. Yeah, with like, um, with like a, a, I mean, the cardigan and the the dirty face, and which I assume is from like the blastoffs, the the explosions, and I don't know. I have no idea. I have Absolutely. no clue. But uh, he's, he's cute. I mean, if someone got me like a tiny little 
Not I would like, never what? have that doll. <laughs> I, w- I would have a munchie doll. Natanya, I cannot disagree with you more. If I saw that <laughs> creature in my home at the foot of my bed, I would have nightmares for a week. No, I would take a little munchie doll and put it like somewhere in the house. I told Danielle, I said, if I can ever find us a munchie doll, I'm getting one. And she's like, I'd rather have the Concord High exactly like you know honestly now that you've said it i could see like a munchie doll being like in hot topic you know what i mean like it does feel like it's like a little troll doll it's cute it's that kind of vibe i don't know yeah it probably would make more sense for me to have it just because it's like nostalgia of like my career but yes the thing is scary i don't know what the fuck was that movie was so unhinged and it's like we've really brought it back to life i'm happy to do so honestly um we had a like uh, let's say five really quick rapid questions that we wanted to do while we had your time. So let's T, go. I'll let you go ahead and like rapid questions. Okay, Natanya, favorite movie of all time? Go. Uh, uh, Purple Rain. Oh, okay. oh, good, good answer, good answer. Keep okay, <laughs> uh, dream role, any movie, play. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Uh, Cl- the Claire Danes role in Romeo and Juliet. Uh, ooh, another great one. Okay, um, okay. Pick a, a top five creatives, living or dead, you'd like to have a dinner with. Oh, God. Top five that I'd like to have a dinner with. They're probably all going to be dead. Prince. Um, Kurt Cobain. Wow. Um, living Stevie Nicks. Um, oh, uh, uh, David Lynch. Um, uh, I have one more. I have one more. I have one more. Uh, ooh. Uh, Lucille Ball. Ooh. Oh, first of all, great collection, great dinner, good music throughout. I'm like, (laughs) also, I I have to plug the Lucy Desi documentary again. I'm obsessed with her after seeing the documentary. It's so good. Beautiful. Hold on. I'm actually, how crazy is that? This sits right on my desk. Oh, yes. Yes. Are those matches? They are, yeah. Wow. Artist, her name's, uh, King Marg, it's King Margot on Instagram, and she is so sick. I have so much of her stuff. Yeah. Wow. Wait, was that, that it for the rapid questions? That was only three. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. What genre would you love to explore? Genre, genre, horror. I'm trying to get myself into horror, more horror movies because then I can do more horror conventions. <laughs> I am personally convinced I have done enough horror movies. To be in these damn shows, Munchie Strikes Back. Obviously, <laughs> again, Hello. they said it's not horror, even though I would argue that some child's dream would, would disagree. I would disagree. So we got Munchie Strikes Back. We got uh, Little Monsters. I did uh, Shadow Zone, Undead Express, Wes Craven. Little did Monsters. It. I mean, wow. come on, give me a break. You know, give me. Give I me a say. Spot. You maybe that'll be maybe that'll be your um when you guys do your promos that'll be your video <laughs> just me going a fucking horror con <laughs> I say you and writer get together writer loves horror movies as well write one get in it I mean I, I, you yeah. have an entire fan base who would be happy to see yeah. <laughs> also. I still have fans that show up with pictures of little monsters and I was literally five years old and I was on screen for like four seconds. So I'm hard pressed to 
I, I would be, I want someone to tell me I don't belong in those shows to my face. A hundred percent. And, and, and you know, behind my back. <laughs> <laughs> One of the things I talked to a writer about was just like how it feels like horror is like the most exciting thing happening oh, right it's now. It's like, it's like you're either in like one of these tentpole Marvel movies or you get to actually perform in like a low budget horror film. So it, totally. It, and I have a lot of friends who do horror, like have been in a shit ton of horror stuff. And yeah, man, that's uh that's where I'm trying to be. Amazing. Um, yeah. Do you have a favorite bad movie? A movie you that's like to watch? That's what's going to be my next question. Yes. I mean, I I don't know if it's bad. I think I think I might get kind of trolled if I say that it's bad. But I think it, it, the point of it was made to be bad. That's the satire of it, and it's like one of my obsessions. It's um, Broken Lizards Club Dread. Ooh, I haven't seen this. I one. I, I I remember watch it, watch this. It, watch it. It's so I remember good. this movie. It is it, horror. Two thousands, like right? Horror. Uh, yeah, in the two thousands. Yeah. Yeah, I, I kind of remember dread. this movie. I it's just want to say so bad that it's like literally brilliant. I mean, anything Broken Lizard does is pretty brilliant, but it was made to be bad. So that's the satire yeah. of it. So it's not. But, but like, I it's like an actually bad movie that I love. Oh, oh my god, I don't know. I think I'm gonna stick with that answer. I think that that's a great, and T, you would love that movie. Uh, I've seen it. I can't, like, I can't remember it specifically, but I do remember liking it for what it was. I just want to say one of my favorite bad movies is starring your friend Marla, uh, which is Sugar and Spice. I knew you were going to say. And it's literally a movie I'm constantly pushing on people to watch. Oh, my God. It's great. It's amazing. Great. And she's so brilliant. I actually remember when she booked that, and I remember, like, the she was like getting ready to go fly. Yeah. Yes. Sugar and spice starring my girl, Marla. That's a, that's a good choice too. Yeah. But like, if I said that, (laughs) I don't know. You know what I mean? Sure. 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 I'd be like, what? You bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I guess the last rapid fire question, what advice would you give inspiring actors? Oh my. Okay. Um, make sure you really want to do it and you really love it first. Um, because there, um, there is like a a thick skin that needs to happen and like a, a, a reckoning in the mind where you have to somehow figure out how to like differentiate someone telling you like, no, you didn't get a part with like, no, you're not good enough. Right. You have to really love this shit. I mean, it is like a, um, it is not easy, but the, I guess the advice I would give would be like, work hard. It, if you want it, work hard. So like learn your craft, right? Go to class, surround yourself with other creatives, um, start reading, you know, plays, go to the theater, study movies, watch movies. That's like for me was some of the best research I've been watching every movie and television show there is since I was a little kid. I mean, it was my first obsession and I would just like watch these performances like, wow, 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 you know? And, um, and I don't want to be that like cliche, like you can do anything you want to do in the world as long as you work hard. And I mean, sure, but like, that's not realistic always either, you know? So you have to go into it with like a a realistic, frame of mind that like it might you're not going to just like show up and then be famous right and you have to like really figure out why do you want to do this do you want to be an actor because you love the craft of acting or are you just trying to like get famous rich and famous because that's like uh especially these days that's like a 
one in a million, you know, but if you love acting and you just love the craft of it so much, there's so many different things you can do. You can go to your local theater and be part of that. And Ryder talks about that a lot too. He's a theater kid, you know, and so is Larissa. And and I, that's how I started out too. And there's, so there's so many different avenues, but um, I am like an advocate for like, you know, don't give up on your dreams. That's like the cheesy thing I'll say, you know, um, but dr- dreams change as we get older, you know, mm-hmm. and dream as our like spiritual or whatever you believe in world expands, our dreams follow along with it. Like the the more growth we have as human beings, like the more our dreams have to grow too. Right. hundred percent. Absolutely. I, I, these were great answers and Thank very you. inspiring because of the fact that we know that you've, you've done it, you know, like, as you said, both, both in the sense of like, you came out here and you made a name for yourself, but also you've had some rough times. You've mm-hmm. uh, been able to kind of rebound from those. And I feel like it's just always going to be enc- encouraging for creatives because you always do kind of really get down on yourself or you think that like there are going to be times where you think that you don't have it and it's just like if it's if it's what you want to do keep pushing and and yeah i i appreciate you for taking the time to speak with us be here is there any question you had for us you've you've been a fan for us for a while so yes well i mean i'm shocked i just found your page but it's probably just because i found you guys through pod meets world and yeah and but I know after my episode came out, you guys like went all the way back and reposted like you had done a recap of Turnaround Dance. Is that right? We did a whole ep- uh, season two recap with them. And yeah. so we were recapping season two of their show, season two of the pod. You oh my know. God. Yeah, because yeah, you posted that thing. You'll have to send me a link. I, I'd love to like listen to the recap of Turnaround. I just, I had no idea that you guys had like been around for this long. It's so cool that I found y'all and you guys found me and I love what you're doing. And, and, um, I even just like, I think it's the pinned, I'd have to look on Instagram, the pinned post on your page with, you know, where it gives us, I don't know. I just, the, the inclusive, the inclusivity of your page, um, for kids that like, we didn't have it that much in the nineties, you know? Yeah. yeah. And it's so fucking cool what you guys have done. Like, I just love it. I'm obsessed. And thank you so much. That's one of yeah. our biggest, um, like that was one of our biggest calls to action was this idea that there was so much, um, that we learned and took from boy meets world. And we were like, it's a very white show. <laughs> and yeah, so white. it impacted the yeah. lives of two boys of color very on. So it's like wanting to, both acknowledge that but also see where the disconnect was and what ways it could have been better and also i'm sorry to cut you off i was just gonna say i love that too because you know on my show you know we felt in the 90s as if we were very inclusive you know and and me and daris and alexis i mean we've talked about it so much you know in in our adult life now and especially during covid and when BLM and all of that was, you know, there were some really like important conversations that n- needed to be had. And I think that for some of us too, on Alex Mack, we were like, wow, this is so cool that like, you know, this is a group of kids in like Paradise Valley, you know, yeah. anywhere, anywhere USA basically. And there's just made no mention 
of the difference that like there's two black kids and then there's two or three yeah. white friends and two black or whatever. But actually the truth is, is it should have been talked about and it should, Absolutely. it should the experience of what, you know, they went through of being the only two black kids in that school or what have Definitely. you that, it, but we, that in the nineties, you know, it was just such a different time and place. And, and um, you know, so yeah. So I love what you guys have done with this i just think it's so amazing and these conversations are so important to have and i'm i'm it's amazing that boy meets world made such an impact on y'all's lives you know i mean you know it's not even just boy meets world because i you know we grew up very similar to how ray was and alex mack where like we were surrounded by a lot of white people and like white culture and we were also like fans of it like we're fans of boy meets world we're fans of friends we're fans of like all of these like popular yeah. 90s shows even alex mack what's so funny is that uh you know when we first started doing our podcast we were like we weren't really sure what we want to do it on so we were like oh let's just do one on 90s and one of the first things i was like we have to watch the pilot of alex mack we like we, we have did. to watch it and we did and i'm so in love with that show i actually bought bootlegs of it in like the early <laughs> 2000s because i couldn't find it anywhere but, you know, one of the things I really give that show credit for is not only, you know, for the time, it being fairly diverse, especially towards the later yeah. seasons, but it also was just like diverse storytelling for kids in the way that I don't see anymore. That Nickelodeon Saturday Night lineup, you had a horror movie, you had a sci-fi show, you had a, a, a variety show, you had a sitcom. Yeah. And yeah. it was all there, whereas now it just feels like shows for kids are copy and paste the same. And I love it's all the, the same. Yeah, that that 90s Snick lineup was like nothing else. It was a Are You Afraid of the Dark, Alex Mack, all Ugh. that. And then like maybe a cartoon. I'm not sure. And I've said that a lot, too. I mean, we definitely had some some diverse storytelling, too. And even just my character, you know, is often referred to as like the OG goth girl of Nickelodeon. Yeah. Right. And I think before Robin came around, we weren't seeing these very emo goth characters that like were 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 um kind of tapped into the darker pockets of life where she was like super depressed and like pessimistic and all of these different things like kids like that were not on Nickelodeon so you know and 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 at the time I didn't realize how incredibly special and impactful that was to be playing that character now later on in life one i relate to her so much i'm like yeah she was robin was right about everything right <laughs> well also she, we went to school with robins like robins yeah. were right. everywhere yeah that's what yeah. i was gonna say it's it and robins is... weren't represented because no one wants to talk about a weird kind of emo-y you know um depressed kid like that you know but they so still, yeah, represent, yeah, we, representation is important, even that form of representation. Yes. And to me, you talked about it, but like that, TC and I, we were talking about it. We just watched the Goofy movie. And there are two goth with girls. Jason, right? In, yeah. yeah, with Jason, yeah. In the front of the Boy. bus. And it's like, well, okay, yeah. If, if they are recognizable enough to be a cliche, then they do have stories to tell. That's Clearly, it. they are around. That's um, it, yeah. And, yeah, and, it's, and it's hard pressed to watch something like, um, you know, Winona Ryder and Beetlejuice, for example, and not think like, oh, there's like mental health stuff happening here, too, that like people are like brushing right. off as these kids being dramatic or emo. But like, really, like sometimes right. they just need help. Right. Robin <laughs> really needed a therapist. Yeah. And maybe some medication. I don't know. <laughs> you know? We, and that's OK, because Natanya as an adult 
had to we therapy. need medication we also yeah. need medication <laughs> exactly. so it's okay yeah medication and therapy for all <laughs> i mean that's yeah i'm of course i'm a mental health advocate and for all for all at least therapy for for everybody in the world 100%. it needs to happen yeah it's okay. been such a pleasure having you on. Um, I can't get over this, like the grin I'm going to have for the rest of the weekend from having talked to you and from having this movie introduced to my life, which oh, I'm a hundred percent going to spread like the plague. Any person I can find to watch this movie, I'm going to show it to them. Um, I'll, yeah, split it's just been a pleasure. I'll split my residuals with you guys. How about hey, <laughs> also, if you ever have like another movie that you're like, Hey, it's a bad movie. If you like this one, watch it. Yeah. I mean, send it on over. Cause, <laughs> okay, I mean, if you if if you really want to open Pandora's box, there's a very special little movie I did in Canada when I was like 15 years old with Chauncey Leopardi, who played Squints in the Sandlot. I played his like girlfriend in the movie, and it's about us saving New York from a train full of vampires. Uh, I you don't understand how up like up uh tc's alley this is it's called, <laughs> it's called shadow zone undead express <laughs> a undead great express. name with phenomenal an, with an incredible cameo by wes craven also created wow. by tommy lynch who created alex mack it's a good little watch oh yeah so I'm, we like, are looking this up it's so bad I've it's good it it's you will so love the cover art good. alone um we, natanya i was gonna ask is alex mack streaming anywhere i you know what's crazy is like they put every last dang Nickelodeon show on Paramount except for us. It's so yeah, I don't know that's why. Unfortunate. We, I know it's it's really crazy. So uh, I don't know. I think that you could buy the entire thing on Amazon for like twenty bucks, but yeah. then it's like a DVD. Do who? Ha, I, I, <laughs> I don't even know anymore. I but know I, you can. Um, you can buy it them on Apple. Apple. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you could buy the whole. I mean, buy it on Apple. The first. The first two seasons, the first season's out somewhere. I don't know. It's really a shame. But yeah. I think that that people are making enough noise again about Alex Mack that I wouldn't be surprised if we get added to Netflix or something like that pretty soon. It's such an amazing show. I think it's primed for a reboot. I just, I, I think there's a oh, lot more stories I mean, to we've talked about a re reboot for years. We have been wow. in conversations with uh, the creators and Viacom and all wow. sorts of people for years and... Even well, a reunion, you know, like I think that's we, one of the did things. It. Oh, I was gonna uh you it's did out. a oh okay, cool. So I me and Darius and Jason Strickland, who was on the show as well, we produced it, directed it, wrote it. Um, we were like one of the only shows that Nickelodeon hadn't given a reunion to. And I had a friend reach out, my friend John, who I'm actually starting a podcast with soon too, so stay tuned for oh, that. But loving it. He was like, "What? what's up with an Alex Mack reunion? So I just started like piecing together the whole cast and and uh, we somehow got everybody there minus like one or two people. It's on YouTube. It's called um, The Secret World of Alex Mack 20 Year Reunion. Oh, wow. There, I can't wait maybe. to watch that. That's a, yeah, that's a cool one. And Angelique Bates from all that was our host. And it's cool. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. We'll have to talk to you sometime later because, like, you are literally just name dropping things that TC and I could talk about for oh hours. We are children. <laughs> We've made it very clear. We are children of SNCC, of that Disney Saturday morning lineup, like yeah. TGIF. All of those all things of raised us. So yeah. we could just, we have endless questions, but we do want to be valuable of your time. Um, yeah. And thank you so much. Absolutely. Yes for taking the time to be you with us. You guys are the best. I'm so, I'm so excited to have done this and I cannot wait to 
do a follow-up with you guys. Yeah, absolutely. Yay! Thank you. Awesome. Thank you all so much. Thank you so much. It was wonderful. Bye. 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 Jeez. You know what? Like, <laughs> can I just say, like, she was, she had so much amazing energy when she yes. was talking with us. She filled me with so much, like, I don't know, just like this creative buzz of just like, there's something about having conversations with creatives who you could tell are like in their flow of it. That's Absolutely. just so contagious to me. I love it. Absolutely. And also I love like, you could tell, as I said, like watching her, you could tell that she has fallen back in love, like with her craft. And yeah. I am so happy um, even if her craft is things like Munchie Strikes Back. I mean, I think that, you know what? What is the world without um, a few B movies? <laughs> Say what you want. I 100% enjoyed this movie more than The Flash. I enjoyed this movie more than I enjoyed <laughs> Fast X. Like, give me some bullshit I was supposed to like this year and I will choose Munchie Strikes Back a few times i will say it was rewatchable you will not talk bad about my fast eggs you know <laughs> how i feel <laughs> that is family <laughs> you, you're right you're right <laughs> okay but you guys seriously uh so appreciative thanks so much natalia for joining us i, I like words aren't enough to express gratitude um i can melt into a puddle alex max style yeah. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for uh, tuning in to Brumbeats World. Do not forget to leave us a rating, review, uh, listen to us on all of your favorite podcast platforms. Um, if you want to keep up with us, follow us at Brumbeats World. Reach out at Brumbeatsworld at gmail.com. Make sure you are going on the YouTube channel and watching the video. Make sure that you are clicking subscribe. Make sure that you are checking out our merch shop. Uh, do all of the things. Except for kicking a dog when no one's looking. Don't. Oh, yeah, yeah. Don't kick the dog. <laughs> oh, my God. Was this a ride? We hope that you guys enjoyed. We got, hope that you guys have a good 4th of July. Uh, we don't usually do this, but because you have stayed with us this long, we will announce that we are doing my date with the president's daughter next. Ooh. We are continuing with our summer series. So come back. Listen to that. And thank you guys so much. Uh, I think it's time to dream. I think it's probably also time to try and do good. Unlike Munchie. <laughs> I don't know. You may have me convinced that Munchie did a lot of good in the world. Maybe we should <laughs> all be more like Munchie. That's what we should try to do. Be like Munchie. All right. Later, bro. Later, bro. When the spawn meets world.